the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I imagine many of you hoped that the Giants would go to the World Series. Well, it was a futile hope. It is a hope that didn't satisfy. Today, we'll talk about a hope that is a sure thing. Join us, Abounding Grace, next. There's an awful lot of things that we put our hope in, and an awful lot of things that will fail us in that hope. Today, as we continue our journey through Romans, our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, will remind us that there is a hope that we are saved in, a hope that is sure, a hope that is firmly fixed in heaven. Welcome to Abounding Grace from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose and online at reformedheritage.org. We are back in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. Our message is simply called Saved in Hope. And that's exactly what we're looking at. Here's Pastor Gary with today's Abounding Grace. So if your hope is waning, what do you do? You go back to the promises. You go back to the manna. That is why God gave us the scriptures Paul says here in 15.4, so that through those scriptures we might have hope. That is why when you go visit someone who's really sick, don't just tell them, you know, you look really good. Because they know you're lying to them. No one who was laying in a hospital bed or a nursing home bed usually looks very good. It would be better if you just came right out and said, you look terrible. Let me give you something to encourage you. And what encourages people? God's promises. That is the only thing that will encourage our hope, our faith, our love. Because he is the God of hope who comforts us in our afflictions. So if you have lost hope, If you are thinking, I don't believe God is going to work in my family. I don't think God is going to work in me. Stop thinking about you. Think about the God of hope. Think about his promises. Arise early enough daily to delay sleeping a little bit to remember the promises that God has made to us in his word. Meditate on these things. And trust me. You'll find your hope increasing and your enjoyment in salvation increasing so that if you are like Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail, you can sing. Even with open wounds, you can sing and praise God because God is going to raise my body from the dead. He is going to renew all things by his power. So, Whatever I suffer now is contributing to the weight of glory, provided I endure it patiently. Now, it's true, as Paul says back in Romans 8.24, that we hope for things 
that we don't yet see. If you have a million dollars in your pocket, you don't, help, you don't hope for another million dollars because you've got it right there in your pocket. You can see it. Hope, because it believes God's promises, is able to see things that we can't see with these eyes yet. Now, the wicked mock this, but this Christian hope, because it is founded on God's promises, is a fortress that all the fiery darts of Satan can't do anything to penetrate. And hope is powerful because God's word is so reliable. Do you know that what we do, though? We say, I know what you're saying, Pastor, about reading scripture and memorizing scripture. I'll, I'll try it for a week, and if I do better, then, you know, it's kind of like if we had bad headaches and someone says, Here's a miracle remedy. And I say, well, I'll try it for a week and nothing happens. So it didn't work for me, did it? But God's word is not like that. You don't put a nickel in a slot and the gumball doesn't come down and you kick the machine a few times and you just walk away from it and say, oh, well, there are no gumballs coming out of that machine. How long did Abraham live waiting how long did the children of Israel, Israel languish in Egypt? How long did Moses languish on the backside of the desert waiting for God to call him back to do what he knew God called him to do in the first place? You see, hope is able to sustain. And we have been saved in hope because God's word is so reliable that no matter what we see with our eyes, we know what God has promised. For example... No one since the time of Christ has seen a resurrected body. No one. But once we are persuaded by God's promise to raise our bodies from the dead and crown us with glory and honor, we are willing, if God calls us to, to lay down our lives on the martyr's fire pit. How do we do this? Hope. And where does that hope come from? God said that if I give my life, I have an eternal inheritance in heaven. If we are persuaded that God will raise our bodies from the dead, we don't fear death. It doesn't bother us. Now, maybe as I have been reminded, the way we will die may bother us a little bit. But I would even say that shouldn't really bother us. Because God has promised to raise your body, however you die, from the dead. Let's take another promise. It does not seem possible to most people today, which is why most people are pessimillennialist, of one version or another. It doesn't seem possible that the promise that God made to a son in Isaiah 2, that the mountain of the Lord's house will grow and fill the earth and all the nations will flow into the church. That doesn't seem possible. There's too much division within Protestantism, too much silliness in evangelicalism. Yet God has sworn that of the increase, my son, of your kingdom and of your peace, there will never, there will never, there will never be an end. You start meditating on that promise. 
and see if your discipleship ardor doesn't increase. Wait a minute. God has said that of the increase of the Messiah's kingdom, there will be no end. Well, I'm part of the Messiah's kingdom. I'm part of the increase. And God has said there will never be an end to that increase. It will keep on increasing over and over through the ages. So I need to get busy in how I do my work and in telling people about our Savior because God has not promised defeat to his people. He has promised success to the Messiah and his kingdom. That is what hope does. Hope makes a David Livingston spend his entire life in Africa because God's word is truer than what I see with my eyes. That is why hope is so powerful. That's why Paul says we have been saved into a new way of life that is characterized by hope. That is what God has said is going to happen and it will happen. Now all of the waiting... Well, that is a way we're going to walk. Turn to 2 Corinthians 4.17. We've got to learn to walk this way. Paul talked to the Corinthians about this. And there were some of the, the, they were some of the most carnal folks around within the body of Christ. But he says in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 4, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, Yet the inner man is renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is for but a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look. Here is the key. This is where we mess up. Okay, sufferings are supposed to do me good, but they're just weighing me down. Well, what are you looking at while you're suffering? What are you looking at while we look not at the things which are seen? Snotty-nosed children, ungrateful husband, troubles in Washington. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Resurrection body, day of renewal, the whole universe perfected in serving God. The apostle says your eyes, your faith, your hope must go there. Often, That's what you're supposed to be looking at, beloved. For the things which you are, which you see are temporal. They don't last. They are fleeting. But the things that are not seen are eternal. God's promises to make all things new. How does hope see these things that cannot be seen? As hope depends on God's word. And what he has said is true. I don't have time today to go over all the verses that bring faith and hope together, but there are many. You see, faith says, I believe God's promises, and I trust that what he has said is true. Hope says when there is a delay, when I don't see how what he said will come to pass, hope says, hang on tight, because he has spoken it, and what he has said will always come to pass. And then he promises, his promises become more real to us than our sufferings. They become the truth that defines our reality. What a sad thing for us. We live 60, 70 years, 80 years. Some people say if you're lucky, 
you'll live until 90. Well, I don't know how lucky that is. But some say, anyway, we better hold on to everything here. Because you just don't know what's coming after. Oh, but we do. Unbelievers don't have a clue. And I understand why they want to fill up with Botox or have a facelift or a tummy tuck. I understand why they want to live forever because they don't want what comes after. But Christians don't think like that because God has spoken and we believe his word and we trust what he has said is going to come to pass. And that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's going to return for us. Romans 8.25, notice how he adds patience in this. Why? Because there is nothing more we need than a meek and mild spirit that says, Lord, you do this in your time. I want to learn to yield to your will. You know, afflictions are made so much more difficult when we complain and fret while we're going through them. We can't call upon God with any kind of consistency or profit if our trouble has made us bitter. And, and very often, we're just like the world. We think, well, God should treat me better than this. It's just not fair that God has done this to me. He should think like I do. Well, He doesn't think like we do. And... Really, beloved, praise his name that he doesn't. God is going to bring us to confess something Job confessed. Turn to Job 2, verse 10. And let, us be, and let this be an encouragement to you. It has been an encouragement as well as a deep challenge to me. <clears throat> Job 2, beginning in verse 8. Job is here scraping his boils with a broken piece of a clay pot. He's pretty low at this point, as you can imagine. And his wife comes up to him and says in verse 9, Do you still retain your integrity? Just curse God and die. No one has ever been brought as low as you, Job. Just curse God. Why are you holding on? Verse 10. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What shall we receive good at the hand of God? And still we not receive evil, calamity, trouble? In all of this did not Job sin with his lips. You see, Job's hope wasn't this stoic, well, you know, whatever will be, will be. So there's really no point in getting too worked up about this because there's no way that we can resist God's will. No, Job recognized the hand of the Lord has sent this season of chastisement into my life. I don't know why. I don't understand. And throughout the book, he doesn't understand until God reveals himself to him. But he said, I do know this. Now listen, and listen very closely, because you don't know what suffering you may face this next week necessarily. Job did not know this. Job did know this, I'm sorry. God's hand has brought this in 
to my life. Hang on to that, beloved. God has brought this into my life. And if he has willed for me to endure this just a little longer, as difficult as it may be, it must be good for me. Because God has brought this into my life and he loves me. You see, this is the kind of hope that then breeds patience. That I can receive whatever God brings with a composed and meek spirit. Really not I. I can't. But he can in me. I can by his grace receive these troubles with meekness. And believe they are the best thing for me in this world though. And if he is determined that they should last a lot longer than I want them to. Hope helps me to endure patiently. Because... He will bring good out of this. You see, that's why at this point, Job is not sinning with his mouth. He is enduring patiently. (coughs) He's not lashing out in anger. You know, all the anger comes from two sources, and I'll mention just one of them here. It ultimately comes from hopelessness. And believers, at least, that can't believe these things are happening to me. And then we start boiling over inside. Oh, it's not fair. It's not right. Other people don't suffer like I do. Other people have more things than I have. Other people have an easier life than I have. We start looking at things from a purely personal perspective. And we lash out maybe at our children or we lash out at our parents Or we lash out at people driving down the road in traffic who have no idea why I just ran a red light. Hope says, though he slays me, yet will I trust him. Why is this? It is because we are waiting for salvation. Think of what we are waiting for. And if you haven't thought about it before, do so now. And and see, young men. If this doesn't help you to stay off the silly websites where you vent all your moods, or ladies, I'm feeling a bit blue today. I'm sad. I'm mad. Or whatever your mood may be. Worrying about all these things doesn't last. And to be truthful, they do not matter. I'm going to say something to you and ask you if you believe this. There is coming a morning... When a trumpet will blow and it will shake the entire universe and the world will come to a screeching halt and the dead in Christ will rise. People who have been dead for 5,000 years, you will see them walking around. Those people who are alive when the clouds are rolled back will be caught up with the Lord in the air. And they will meet with him. And the Lord Jesus will set up his great white throne. And he will divide the nations like the wheat is divided from the chaff. And the sheep from the goats. He will say to the goats, depart from me. I never knew you. Because you practiced lawlessness. To the sheep he will say, enter into my kingdom. That is prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
the whole universe will then be rejuvenated by fire by the power of God and the new heavens and the new earth will dawn in which righteousness dwells only there's no death no tears no disease no sickness no sin everything that offends everything that is wicked all liars all adulterers all who did not repent and look to Jesus will be thrown along with Satan and his whole cabal of demons into the lake of fire and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth that is what God said is going to happen and if we hold on to these things what will it do to us okay I don't feel good right now. I'm suffering. I'm dying. The doctor says I have six months. It's going to be tough. I don't want to leave my family behind. But there is glory coming. There is resurrection coming. We have been saved into this way of life that is very, very different. We have a hard time believing how different it is from the average worldling. The world is all they know. They're really scared to death. You think, how could so many people get on the government nipple? How could so many people buy into all these things? Fear. Fear of death drives people into the arms of tyranny. We don't think about that. Fear of death. Fear of the unknown. Fear that I will have to go without drives people into the open arms of tyranny. That is why the only hope for this and for every nation is the gospel of the resurrected Lord who is going to raise all things by his power. And beloved, that is what you've got to look at. Paul asked, do you want your troubles to work for you in a weight of glory? Do you want your sufferings like Jesus to lead you through the valley of the cross to the crown? Do you want to be a son or a daughter of God? Then you've got to look at the things we can't see you might say why does God make us like live like this so that we will learn the most important the single most important thing that we can ever learn about walking with the living God man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from his mouth if you are not living by his word, you may be breathing, but you are a corpse because life is found in living, believing, and hoping in the word of our Heavenly Father who loved us, sent his Son to die for us, raised him from the dead, and has now set his Son at his right hand, reigning over all creation. We are saved into hope. And let me close with this one practical thing. Make a list of your worst miseries and then compare them to the resurrection morning it is not worth being is it not worth being there at the resurrection morning and in light of that can I then not endure this life and its troubles a little bit more do you see why first century believers needed this because they weren't just thinking of the sufferings of traffic now I'm not diminishing the difficulties of traffic for those of you who have to deal with it but what if you come home and all your goods are gone 
Because you're being persecuted for being a Christian. And they've carted off your family members. We see, we live by hope in the word of God. That what he has said, he will perform. What are you living by? Because we live in God's world and the only things that last are the things we cannot see. They are simply things God has said, I am going to do. And so these things do exist. You might say, I don't like that kind of faith. I want something more sensible. God says, don't trust your senses. Trust me and live and rejoice. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.